0: Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek Discovery podcast by two moms who write about autism and who also happen to be Star Trek fans. We talk about the new series, compare it with previous versions of Star Trek, and also talk about any autism examples we see along the way. I am your host, Elizabeth. I am Vicki. Together, we are Moms Going Boldly. Today, we are talking about the episode, Will You Take My Hand?, the final episode of the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Welcome again to Moms Going Boldly. Thank you for joining us. We are talking today about the final episode of the first season of Star Trek Discovery, Will You Take My Hand?, Vicki, what did you think of this last episode? I thought
1: that had we not known there was going to be a season two, that this would be the end.
0: It really did get wrapped up in a nice, neat bow, didn't it? I mean, that's what they were anticipating. They weren't sure they were going to have the budget for a second season, so they intended this to be wrapped up. Though they did drop enough really cool stuff that it would be easy to pick up those threads and carry them forward in a season two. So we start this episode uh, with a recap of previous episodes, and the recap was done in Laurel's voice in Klingon. I know. (laughs) I wasn't
1: expecting it, but I guess it was different.
0: I really liked it, because it made it seem like it was the recitation of a story, of a history, rather than the recap of a previous episode, setting us up for a constructive conclusion of this story and it's kind of ironic that in the beginning of the season the Klingon was distracting but this time it was actually really enjoyable
1: although we haven't had big long conversations like we did at the beginning of the season so
0: so we start off the episode with uh, Giorgio as captain and she's just a nasty unpleasant captain <laughs> And she's correcting people on the bridge in a really slimy, oily, nasty kind of way. And then Michael Burnham tries to catch her out by interrogating her about where she's from, her home in Malaysia. And she tells Michael Burnham, let's go for a walk, and then threatens to put her in the brig if she tries to catch her out again. How do you feel about that?
1: didn't understand why she was trying to do that.
0: I didn't either.
1: I didn't get that whole thing. But, you know, I was thinking, how did they... I don't understand why the rest of the crew believed that this was actually Captain Giorgio.
0: They had no other information to go on, and they trusted their admiral. In the Mirror, Mirror
1: Universe, too. They've seen her. So, the rest of the crew wasn't in the Mirror Universe with Michael and Lorca... I could see how they could slide that past them, but nobody even questioned it.
0: I don't think they did see her, because when we saw her in the mirror universe, when she projected her holographic image onto the bridge, it was the bridge of the Shenzhou. I don't think anyone on Discovery saw her. Because oh, you're even, right. Because yeah. even when they were, you know, communicating with the palace ship, they were doing it with Michael, and then at the very end yeah. with Captain Lorca, I don't think they ever saw so, and I think they also trusted their admiral, which is why I found Michael Burnham sort of trying to catch the emperor off a little odd, because I would hope that she would also trust the admiral.
1: Right, I didn't understand that at all.
0: But it gave us an opportunity to leave the bridge, and we headed down to the brig where the emperor started interrogating Laurel, and it was brutal and awful and terrible and everything that you had been worried about on the last podcast. I can't
1: believe it took Michael that long to, I mean, she couldn't step in, but.
0: Finally, it comes to an end because this brutal torture of Laurel is getting them nowhere. She's just laughing at them. And so they move on then to Tyler, who is the next best to to Klingon, I guess. And he's in his quarters and he's tying knots like he did when he was a child. That's somehow rooting him back to his humanity, and they're talking to him about what to do, and he says he'll be happy to help. So he recommends launching this drone that's going to map the infrastructure of the planet into an abandoned volcano that used to be an old temple. And as they make this decision about what they're going to do... The Emperor announces she wants one more person on the away team, and Tilly walks in, and Tilly is just beside herself to meet Captain Giorgio because she's heard so much about her, and she's such a legend in the Federation.
1: I love this scene. Poor Tilly. I just, I just love this scene.
0: I just was, I was just crushed for Tilly.
1: I know, but it was a great scene. It
0: was a great scene. The way her face just fell. And she was like, oh, she's, oh, oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and when she was ready to give the salute.
0: (laughs) So it's the four of them, Tyler Burnham, Tilly, and the Emperor, and they're going down to the planet. They go down dressed as Orions, and they show up in this great street scene with lots of fun things, lots of Easter eggs, like those Seti Alpha earwig things. Did you see those? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, they were were cooking them up. They were eating them instead of sticking them in people's heads. And they're trying to, you know, integrate themselves into this environment, even though they're humans, but they're dressed up to look like Orions. And Tilly pulls Burnham aside and, you know, says, do we trust her? What are we going to do? And Burnham's like, we just need to kind of go with this, but let's keep our eyes open. And Tilly's eating something, and it turns out it's endangered space whale. (laughs) (laughs) I know. <laughs> and so she spits it out. She was throughout this episode the comic relief in an episode that I found myself being very tense in. She was. They each have sort of an assignment to try to get information on where to find this temple. And Giorgio goes to get it through sexual conquest. And Tyler goes to get it through gambling because he can speak Klingon. And Tilly goes and gets high with Clint Howard. <laughs>
1: I did a double take, and I said, no, that's not really him, but it was. I was, I was, That was nice. I liked that.
0: It was wonderful. Actually, by this point, my son had disappeared. He had started watching the episode. He left shortly after the interrogation scene with Laurel, and he said to me, I think I get this now. And I said, what's that? And he said, the Federation likes to learn through cooperation and discussion, and the Terran Empire likes to cause pain. And I said, yeah, I think that's probably right. That's pretty much it. So he had disappeared, so he didn't get to see it. But it was my husband and I who were both going, oh, look, look, it's Clint Howard. After Tyler breaks off with the gambling, having not learned what he needed to know, he and Burnham have a conversation, and she opens up about what happened with her parents. And it's actually quite a painful, disturbing conversation, listening to her describe her witnessing her parents' murder. What did you think of that?
1: I don't think we knew that she had witnessed it before, did we?
0: No, I don't think we did.
1: It's new information, yeah. And, of course, her parents, um, she had them wait three days or something to go on a vacation, so she's blaming herself.
0: Yeah. So we which
1: kind we didn't of, know either.
0: Yeah, so we kind of see where the root source of some of her, you know, sort of Klingon PTSD is. Giorgio is successful in learning where the temple is, and... Just as Tilly realizes that the drone she's carrying is not really a drone, it's a bomb, the Emperor shows up, takes the bomb from her, and Tilly contacts Burnham and says, we've, You know, we've got a problem here. This is not a drone to map the planet. This is a bomb which will destroy the planet. Burnham confronts the Admiral, and they have the scene that you had predicted all along. I was cheering your name in my head as I was watching this. It's the scene where Burnham is explaining to the Admiral, we cannot be like them. We cannot stray from our Federation principles, our Starfleet principles, in order to win this war. We have to find another way. And they do. And in short order, they come up with a plan where now that there's a bomb planted in the center of the planet... They give control of the bomb over to Laurel. Now, it did require some convincing of the Emperor, who, as my son rightfully pointed out, was more interested in causing pain than solving the Federation's problem of the war with the Klingons.
1: Uh, Yeah, she was only only doing it for her freedom. She wasn't doing it for any other reason.
0: But even after she was told she could have her freedom, she still was like, yeah, no, I think I might like to do this anyway. (laughs) Burnham, in a wonderful show of strength says, Go ahead. You go ahead. You're gonna to have to get through me first. You shoot me, and you're still gonna have the Federation after you and you're gonna to have to shoot me and look me in the face when you do it. And so we got to see a little bit of the Emperor's loss of her Burnham in that she said she didn't want to watch her die again. Which was kinda of cool because there was like a moment of heart there from a character who doesn't hasn't shown much heart.
1: But of humanity, just a little bit.
0: Yeah. So Lorel agrees. She takes control of the bomb. She's going to go be the torchbearer that Takuvma and Vok had tried to be. She's going to go do it now. And Tyler decides to go with her, thereby laying the groundwork for becoming the albino, just like you predicted.
1: I don't think we're ever going to get a payout on that, but probably still.
0: But you know what? I'm you still can... yeah, you can have it as head cannon. It works. <laughs> So he leaves her with one of his knots that he tied, one of his sailing knots that he tied for himself. It's like he's leaving his humanity behind now. He's going to leave this last vestige of his humanity with Burnham. And they they part. And then they head back to Earth. Burnham gets reinstated in Starfleet. There's medals all around. Everybody gets a medal. And they're heading back to drop Sarek off at Vulcan. When they receive a distress call. And as soon as they were like, it's garbled and I can't see it, and they start to, you know, they start to see the punching in of the numbers and, you know, NCC 17, I was like, oh my God, it's the Enterprise. And sure enough, it's the Enterprise under Captain Pike. I know. How cool is that? And we finish up the episode with the theme music from the original series. It's very sentimental. That's when I got all verklempt. (laughs) <laughs> i'm thinking did, did i do they always do this at the, at the
1: end of the episode or so i had to go back and watch the end of a couple more episodes because i thought maybe i was just turning the show off before the final credits that was great that was
0: great it was great so we have all kinds of exciting possibilities for a season two we've got as Giorgio lookalike still running around our universe. Oh, again, they let
1: her go. I and mean, they, I understand their Starfleet, but that can't be...
0: I think they probably recognized that if they didn't give her her freedom, she was going to set off that bomb, I mean, even if it was going to kill her. <laughs> we've got her running around our universe. We've got Tyler running around our universe somewhere. And we've still got Harry Mudd running around our universe.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> now we're going to see you know potentially see the crew of the enterprise under captain pike which should include spock
1: hope they're not building us up for no and then have no spock
0: well i don't think i don't see how they couldn't give us a spock i mean
1: could be on an away mission he could be <laughs> somewhere else but i'm i'm hoping they're not building us up and not having a spock
0: yeah i think a, an encounter with spock and his foster sister and their dad would be really cool there's a lot they could do with that
1: it wrapped up everything, and it could have been a f- series finale, even with the finding the Enterprise. I mean, if if they didn't get a second season, I think this could would have wrapped up the series just fine, and I don't think people would have been. Um, it was a good episode, yeah, and they, they managed to tie up a lot.
0: And they yeah. did it in a really upbeat way. We've seen so much grittiness and so much darkness, and this was very light.
1: It was. But I, I liked it. I, I did like it.
0: I did, too. I did, no, too. I'm
1: not frustrated going into season two.
0: The only thing frustrating about going into season two is the fact that it's going to be in, what is it, the fall of 2019? So we're looking at 18 months.
1: No, I'm going to have to watch the whole thing over again. Yes. <laughs> with, well, my, with my memory, I won't remember anything. Yeah,
0: we'll have to. Well, you know what? We can totally recap it before we start podcasting season two.
1: Want to know who's played Captain Pike?
0: Yeah, who would be good for Captain Pike? What actors would you like to see in that role?
1: Because the Captain Pike I have, I know there was a different Captain Pike in the movies, but I have, is it Jeffrey Hunter? Yes. That's who Captain Pike is. So, That's your visual, and, and
0: yeah.
1: trying to think who can't come up. I've been trying to think, but then I can't come up with anybody. And I'm dying to see who's going to play Spock if we get a Spock.
0: Yeah, that would be also cool. And wouldn't it be great if they actually got um, Zachary Quinto?
1: That was my first thought, and I'm hoping. And who's their new captain? Why doesn't Saru get to be captain? He proves himself.
0: That's a really good question, too. I would love to see Saru as captain, but they said they were going to Vulcan to pick up their captain. So I started thinking, who might be on Vulcan that might serve as captain?
1: They're going to have a Vulcan captain?
0: Well, they're going to pick up their captain on Vulcan. So I don't know whether that's a non-Vulcan that they're going to pick up, or that's good they're going to pick up a Vulcan.
1: Yeah, I'm dying to see who the captain is.
0: Yeah. So there we are. We're wrapped up. We're done. We're done with the first season of Star Trek Discovery. What did you think overall?
1: Like I said, at the beginning, I wasn't wasn't sure. But as, as the episodes went on, especially the last half of the season.
0: Pleasantly surprised. Pleased. I feel... Respected as a fan and respected as a member of the audience, and that's a nice feeling. Absolutely. Thanks to Vicky, we now have a Facebook page for Moms Going Boldly and a Twitter uh, page for Moms Going Boldly. So you can find us on Facebook uh, at facebook.com/momsgoingboldly, and on Twitter at momsgoingboldly. And if you have any comments or questions or things that you would like us to review as we move forward with this podcast in this very long interim session between season one and season two, please fill out the comment form at the bottom of the Podbean podcast page. And we will start reviewing old episodes and the animated series and requested episodes as well. If you'd like to reach us, I can be reached on my blog, autismmom.com.
1: I could be found at taking it a step at a time at takingstep.com.
0: Links to both of our blogs are in the sidebar of the Moms Going Boldly Podbean podcast website. And we hope you'll join us again for the next episode of Moms Going Boldly. The music on Moms Going Boldly is called Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org. Ross Bugden Music can be found on Twitter, at Ross Bugden.